We're going to get into the word. Last week was different. This week will be different as well. So I, I talked about a lot of radical and crazy things that I've, I've seen and experienced in my ministry and, and uh, really shared that because I, I think God wants to re- break us out of the box in many ways. God wants to broaden our horizons and expand us, our ministry as a church. We're, gonna, we're not going to be the normal church. We're going to do church unusual, which is the, what we see in the book of Acts as the normal church, right? And so we're going to take the gospel out of the four walls. What we do here on Sunday morning is very, very important, but we want to be a church that has an impact uh, for, for the kingdom. And it's uh, a great commission church, preaching the gospel of Jesus everywhere that we go. And so we talked a little bit about that. What I want to do today is I want to I want, I want to kind of bring things home. You know, a lot of times we can, we can put things out there and they, they sound awesome, they sound, sound exciting, but it's like, how in the world do we accomplish that? How, how will I ever get to a place where I can stand on the pre- streets and preach like you did? Or, you know, sometimes they're, they're far out. So I, I want to kind of bring us back to level, ground level, give us some steps this morning, give us uh, some very practical. We, we've got big vision, and we do. We're going to, so... Uh, Let's get, get into this. The blueprint. The blueprint. We've been on this series talking about what I, the work that I believe God's called us to do on planet Earth. And the reality is God really hasn't called us to build the church. He, he's, he's the, as, I, as I've said, he, he is the master builder. He's building the church. Right? Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? Jesus is building his church. What, what he's called us to do is make disciples. That's our involvement in helping to build the church. He, we, we, we get to partner with God. We are under carpenters, under builders. He is really the great builder. And, and he's got a plan. I believe his word ultimately is the plan that we're supposed to be executing. You know what Bible stands for? B-I-B-L-E. You've heard that? Basic instructions before leaving earth. I don't know if that's, if that's really what the acronym, if it's an acronym that, or, or not, but that, it, it really is. It's, this is the plan God has for us. These are our instructions. This is the master plan that he's given us. And so we're talking about that, the blueprint. We've talked all around it. Uh, what I want to do is I want to give us a very, uh, you know, down, down to, you, you've got, when you, when you look at a set of blueprints, you, you've got the elevation it shows you like the big picture of what this thing's going to look like. It's, it's the, the elevation shows from the street what your house is going to look like when it's com- completed in construction. But then you pull that back, and there are details uh, underneath that elevation. There, there's plumbing details. There are electrical details, HVAC uh, details. And they're, they're very, they, they, they show you all the pieces and how those things are going to fit together to make that house a reality. So we're, we're going to look at some, some of the nuts and bolts today. We, as I said, we, we do have a very big vision. We've, we've, we've talked all around that over the last six weeks or so, but we do. We have a, a big vision, and th- th- this didn't originate with me. From the, the, the conception of Return Church, this church has had a big vision. You don't get where we are in seven, six, six, seven years, th- this church's short history, without some guys who had big vision. Yeah. Pastor Bill Hudson and Elizabeth, they, they had big vision when this church started. Steve Manicky, Dave Fisher, all, all the ones that were around, uh, Howard Moore was instrumental. So, so many, I could go, I don't want to get in trouble and start naming names, but so many 
that were there and they've had vision that's brought us to where we are, right? And I, I have big vision too. And so I, I have married myself to the right people. It's hard to be a big dreamer without, and hang around with people that don't have dreams, right? We, we are fully compatible. And, you know, it's amazing. As, as I was, it was a process before we got here, as I was meeting with, with Pastor Bill, with, with the board members, I don't know how many times uh, I heard, you know, we have vision to do that. I was, I was sharing my heart. We have vision to do that. And, and at times, I, I remember one time standing in, in Steve's kitchen, and, and I was sharing, sharing an idea, and he said, you know, when we started the church, we actually put stuff into our bylaws that would help us to do that. We, we have vision for it, but we didn't know how it was going to happen. So my coming in and joining with, it, it's, it's setting us up to where the things that were in the origin of this church are going to come to pass. How many of you know God's going to get his mission accomplished? Amen. Amen. When he gives vision, he, he will help us to fulfill that. We have a big vision. I have, I have a vision for improved ministry all over this, this campus. Every aspect, our, our kids' ministry. I, I, I want to invest resource to our kids' ministry to make it an outstanding children's ministry. Our, our kids are really, really important, right? We need to invest in, in the generation that's coming behind us, our youth. We need to make investments there. Um, I, I have a vision for ministry to young adults, to our 20-somethings. Um, we, we, actually, we actually have plans, some of our friends in the IMA, we have plans to do a, a conference called Contrast. It's going to happen in 2022. It's going to be a young adults conference uh, for, for folks in their 20 college students and 20-somethings to be able to come together and meet other like-minded young people. And so we, we've got a vision for stuff like that. We've got a vision for our worship department to grow and expand. I'm meeting with, with uh, many of the different players, the, the, the people that lead our worship team, the people that lead our, our sound and media. We're, we're meeting every other week right now trying to develop that vision and, and get the pieces in place for that. Um, media, that, that's huge in our culture today. Uh, there's, there's probably almost as many people, or if not more, watching this morning live as there are here in, in the building. And so we need to build our, our media ministry. Pastoral care, uh, it, it's, it's a big job. I can't, re return's already, honestly, at a point where I can't do all the pastoral ministry the way that it needs to be done. When you get to the place where you're ministering to two or three hundred people, you have to begin to, uh, to engage other ministers to be able to help to, with pastoral care. I, I want to do pastoral care. I will be involved in pastoral care. I can't do all of it. There's no way that one man could meet needs for, you know, sickness, whatever it might be, hospitalization, deaths, uh, discipleship, counseling, all these things that need to get done. There's no way that I could do it all. So we're going to implore other people to engage in that as well. We've got to develop that. Life groups. We have already gone through training in January with some new, a new batch of life group leaders. We're, we're going to grow our life groups. We want to grow that ministry. We, we had a life group kickoff yesterday for our men. There will be more coming. I've got applications now from our leaders uh, to, to start new groups, and that's kind of the process. We get an application in, we approve it, and then they launch it, right? So we, we have several applications in process right now for new life groups that are going to start. Uh, prayer groups. We've got four, three, three, three that are going, another one that's forming right now, and we want a, a prayer group in this house, in, in our chapel, every day of the week for at least an hour and, and beyond. We want to grow beyond that, but that, that's a start to, to have prayer. It, wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome to have just 24-7 prayer 
in our chapel. I, I, I know a church that did that for, for several, several years. I think it was 10 or 15 years. They had ongoing prayer around the clock in, in, their, in their sanctuary. Um, I have vision for, for multiple services. We're, we're getting at capacity. You look around, there aren't a whole lot of empty seats. And eventually we'll need an, another, another service. That takes a lot of work. That's, that's a, big, a big plan. Um, I'd like to see a Spanish service here. You go out in the community. My favorite um, Mexican restaurant outside of Texas is actually right across the street, less than a quarter mile from here, La Loma. Excelente. Little plug, and they don't give me any commission, but <laughs> great Mexican food. But there, the point is there's, there's a great Hispanic community all around us, and I would love to reach them with the gospel. Uh, we have vision for a, a return conference. We've, we've started a discussion about having a conference that's going to equip our people for the work of ministry. Uh, intern programs, leadership training that, that we need to establish and develop here in our church. Expanded outreach. Um, you know, we're already involved with Portland. We have uh, the clothes closet here on Monday morning, but we want to expand on that eventually. Uh, Church planting. I would love to plant church or, or do the work of church revitalization where we can train up ministers and send them to either plant churches or go to churches that are, are dwindling and do a work of re, uh, revitalization in those churches. Uh, missionary commissioning. I would love to send people from our church to foreign soil as missionaries. So th this is big vision. This is like way out there kind of vision. And if we're not careful, we can get overwhelmed in that. Right? So my hope today is that I can begin to just kind of roll out some baby steps, some principles. What, what, what do we need? Those are, those, not all that's going to happen this year. Hopefully a few of these things we can tick off and say, hey, we made movement there. We, we made progress. We, we, we initiated a new ministry in this area. But it's not all going to happen in 2021. This is big vision. This is way out there. What, what, what do we need to do to get where God's going? Let's look at the blueprint. Let's look at the plan. And let's, let's see this come to pass. It will come to pass. I believe that. God is faithful. Nehemiah had a very, very big vision to go back and to see the city walls restored. That was a great vision. I don't even know the measurement, the, how many miles of wall was around the city of Jerusalem. But that, that was a, a great undertaking. Listen to this verse. It's Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. It says, So the wall was finished on the 20." Uh, 25th day of Ula, Elul, in 52 days. The walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt in 52 days. A great vision was accomplished in 52 days. How? We're going to take a look at that as we go. We, we can, as a church, see where we're going. The big question that we're going to ask and try to answer today is, how are we going to get there? What do we need to do? What are the practical things that we need to do so that hopefully in 52 days we can see all of this accomplished? Probably not 52 days, but you get the point. How do we rise to fulfill a great vision? The thing that God's put in our heart. How do, how do we rise? To fulfill the vision. Number one, we have to stay true to who God has called us to be. Return church and us as the people of God, we have to stay true to who God has called us to be. 
We, we have a purpose statement here at Return Church. Pastor Bill and the, the leadership before I got here uh, wrote this, crafted this, this purpose statement, and we're going to stick with it. I, I, I love this purpose statement. I really do. It says, Return Church is a family of diverse individuals returning to what matters, an intimate love relationship with Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to glorify Jesus in all we do through worship, evangelism, discipleship, ministry, fellowship, and helping the vulnerable. You wouldn't believe this, but the mission statements that I've crafted in the past, the churches that I've pastored, are almost identical. My wife would, would confirm this. In fact, worship, evangelism, discipleship, ministry, and fellowship, those five things was in all of the mission statement, the purpose statement of the churches that I previously led. All five of those words, precisely, were in our purpose statements. This, this is who we are. This is why Return Church exists. People, in a lot of ways, have gotten away in the church world, have gotten away from their love for Jesus. Return Church was established to help people come back to that first love. Amen? That's, that's who we have to remain and, and who we have to continue to be. A church that has Jesus Christ at its center. And we're constantly pointing people to that and staying grounded in the simple truth of the gospel. That's who we have to be as a church. I love in this statement that it says that we're a group of a family. I love that word family. I love it. It says we're a family of diverse individuals. So, Pastor Chad, are you going to try to reach young people? Or you know, what's, the, what's the deal? You know, you know who I'm going to try to reach? Young people and old people. We're going to be a diverse church. We're going to be multicultural. We're going to have rich people and poor people here. We're going to have people that got it together, and we got, we're going to have people that don't have it all together. We are going to be a very diverse church. I want Return Church to always be a place where no matter who you are and where you came from, you feel welcome here. Amen? No matter what kind of job you've got, no matter what neighborhood you live in, if you own a home, if you rent a home, if you don't own a home, wherever you're coming from, I want you to feel welcome here. We're always going to be a, a, a group of diverse people centered around Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And these things are, are, if you look at these words here, evangelism, worship, evangelism, discipleship, ministry, fellowship, and hope, helping the vulnerable. What do we do at Return Church? If you ever have a question, what do we do at Return Church? It's found in those six things right there. Those six things can very easily sum up the purpose of the church. This is why Jesus has his church on planet Earth, and these six things are the things that we're constantly going to be engaging in. Right? We're not here for entertainment purpose. We may do fun things. But I'm going to tell you this, if we do something, it's going to be because... It's helping us to, to, to do these six things. We're always going to check. Whenever we put something on the agenda, we're always going to check and make sure that it fits within our purpose. Amen? Amen. We've got to stay true 
to who we are and who God's called us to be. We, we need to know very, very precisely, very succinctly what we value. I've been praying about this. What, what are our values as a church? I've prayed about this. I put some things down on paper. I sent that out to some friends for some input. I, I honed it a little bit, kind of whittled away and moved some things around. I've landed on three words that I think are the values. These aren't the ones I'm trying to bring to the table, but I believe it's truly who we are as a church and who we need to continue to be. Here are those three words. I'll just talk about them as we go. Number one, worship. We value worship here. Amen? We value prayer. We value praise. We value worship. Amen? We value exalting our King, our Savior, lifting His name high. We value that. The people of this house value worship. Amen? We make Jesus a priority. That's worship. We keep, we're keeping Jesus at the center of it all. That's worship. Worship is prioritizing Jesus. Number two, the, se- the second word is relationship. I believe the people of this house value relationship. Relationship is prioritizing the fraternity, prioritizing our family, prioritizing the saints of God. Relationships. This is fellowship, discipleship, healthy community. How many of you know nobody goes to church to see a church fight? to see the deacons get into a fist fight in the parking lot. People, people don't need that. They got that at home. They encounter that at work. They're, they're coming here because they're looking for a, a safety, a refuge, a shelter, a hiding place. They're coming to get in out of the storm, right? So we need a healthy culture here. We need, we need to create a, a healthy community, right? Where it, it's, it's governed by peace and love, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God, right? That, that's, that's a kingdom culture. We've got to build that here. We've got to create that here. And that means that we need to be free of gossip, free of slander, free of backbiting, all, all that stuff that, that goes on in a lot of churches. We need to work hard to rid ourselves of all of it and to learn to love deeply. Amen? To learn to accept one another, love one another, encourage one another, build one another, edify one another. Amen? Healthy community. We value relationships in this house. We need to guard our relationships. We need to fight for our relationships. We need to be uh, kind. We need to be uh, humble. We need to walk lowly. We need to forbear with one another, and we need to forgive one another. Amen? We value relationship in this house. The third one is mission. Mission. This sums up or, or encapsulizes a whole lot of different things that we do as a church and who we are. Mission. And let me, let me back up. Worship is prioritizing Jesus. Relationships are prioritizing the family of God. And mission is about prioritizing the lost, the world, those who are outside of the church. We, we want to have them as a priority. They're on our radar, right? We, we care about the lost. We, we have compassion for the lost. We, we love the lost, the broken, the hurting, the down and out, those who have not yet met Jesus. Some people talk about unbelievers. I, I'd rather term it pre-believers. They just haven't believed yet. Amen? We need to have a heart for those folks. Mission has to do about evangelism, 
has to do about ministry, outreach, our, our foreign missions, local missions, things that we're doing to reach the community. I think these are three values that we can all settle on. I think these are three values that, we, that, that are, are near and dear to all of our hearts. I think these are three values that we can build on as a church. Worship, relationships, and mission. I think we can build on that. So number one, we've got to remain true to who God has called us to be. Number two, what do we, how, do, how do we fulfill the vision that God's calling us to fulfill here at Return Church? Number two, everyone needs to be involved in fulfilling this vision. There's absolutely no way that I can make it happen. My wife and I can't make it happen. Our pastoral leadership team can't make it happen. It's going to take us as a body. Every single one of us involved in doing the work of ministry to fulfill the purpose of God. They had a problem. This is probably one of the most practical things that you'll see in the Scripture. They had a problem in the early church. This is Acts chapter 6. I think I've shared this on the midweek. I don't think I've shared it on the Monday morning or the Sunday morning uh, in a Sunday morning service. I think I shared this in the midweek devotional, but uh, there, there was a, an issue that arose. There was a problem. There was a failure in, in the practical ministry, day-to-day ministry of the church. Let's, let's look at it. Acts chapter 6. In verse 1 it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the, the daily distribution so the Hebrews, speak, they're speaking of, these are some Jewish believers. They, they put their faith in Jesus. They were, this was the early church. The Hellenists, these are some Greek folks. And they, they bring a complaint, complaint against the church. The church is not getting the job done. They've got a mission. They've got a purpose. They're working to do it, but it's not getting done. So look what, look what the leadership of the church does. The, the 12 summoned the multitude of disciples, and they said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. I, I want to pause right there. I want to I say this, that I, I believe this. As, as the pastor of this church, I, I've got a lot of responsibility, a lot of tasks, a lot of assignments, a lot of jobs, things that we have to get done. I understand that. I will not shirk those responsibilities. I will not shy away from doing the work and getting the job done. But I believe that my, my primary focus needs to be prayer, and teaching God's Word. That needs to be my primary focus. Our church will be healthier if I can give the bulk of my time to prayer and teaching God's Word. That's where I need to focus. I I will work. I don't know if you noticed the lights back here. They look great. Vince, thank you. Is Vincent? He's somewhere here. Thank you for your hard work. Vince works hard around here. And uh, we have lights on loan right now. We're, we're playing with trying to make some improvements up here. But I, I came up to help out. I'm going to do that from time to time. I'm going to roll my sleeves up. I'm, I'm not above picking up a broom, a hammer, um, a spatula in the kitchen, whatever, whatever it is. I will serve. But I cannot make all things happen in the church. Right? It, it takes team. And this is what the, the, the early leadership of the church is seeing and recognizing. They, they've got a, the, 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 when it speaks of the 12 here, it's the 12 apostles leading the church. They say, we need to really focus on prayer and teaching the word of God 
We've got to do something about this. It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, who they had set before the apostles. When they had prayed, they laid hands on them. We're going to see this in the days to come. I would call this a presbytery. How many of you have heard that term? Presbytery? So Paul says to Timothy, he says, I want you to stir up the gift that's in you by the, that, that was put in you by the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Right? So the presbytery is, is the government of the church, the leadership of the church, setting men into office, praying over them, and appointing them for the work of ministry. Okay? And we're, we're going to see this happening in our church. I'll say this, we're going we're to move slow to appoint leaders. We're, we're going to know, the Bible tells us we should know those who labor amongst us. So we're going to be cautious. We're going to move with wisdom. They, they moved with wisdom here. They looked for men with good reputations, full of the Holy Spirit, with wisdom. Men that they knew they could get appoint over the business. Right? They needed to get taken care of. But we are. We're going to raise up leaders in the house. We're, we're going to put people into ministry. You're going to see us laying hands on and praying over people as we are establishing people into ministry. This is a healthy thing for the church to be in, engaged in. The church grows. What, what happens whenever we, we, we engage in this kind of ministry in the church where we are raising up leadership, where we are um, setting them apart, laying hands on them, and appointing them for the work of ministry. What happens? Look at the next verse, verse 7. The word of God spread, the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. You see that? Because the apostles chose to set order in the church, appoint men into leadership to take care of the responsibilities of the daily administration of food portions, what happened? The word of God spread. The number of disciples multiplied, increased greatly, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Whenever we put order in God's house, it would always bring us to a place of multiplication. Order brings multiplication. What's, what's the greatest miracle of multiplication in Scripture? That's right. Jesus took a Happy Meal and fed 5,000 people with it. Greatest miracle of multiplication in the, in the scripture. You know what Jesus did in that? We, we can gla gla glance over it and miss it. He, multi he, he ordered the people. He told the disciples, sit, the, sit the, the people in groups of hundreds and fifties. Why? Jesus is showing something. Order brings multiplication. Ministries that have order are fruitful. Ministries that are undercover, ministries that, that have accountability, ministries that have the structure of God set into them will be fruitful ministries. If we just go do things on our own, if we do things buckshot, we won't be fruitful. Order is a principle of the kingdom of God. 
Order brings multiplication. It brings fruitfulness. It brings productivity. That's why uh, farmers plant corn in rows, because order helps them to be more fruitful. Right? But what, what are they doing? They're, they're raising others up to do the work of ministry. How will we fulfill the ministry that God's calling us to fulfill as a church? We are going to raise people up in ministry. That's how we're going to do it. Everyone is going to make a contribution. We want, if you're a part of this house, we want you in some form or fashion to make a contribution in the ministry. Right? Well, so-and-so is not doing anything. I'm just going to kind of coast with him. Well, guess what? God is not going to judge you by so-and-so. God is not going to judge you by what someone else is doing. You know what God's going to call, judge you by? He's going to judge you by what he has called you to do. Amen. Have you been obedient to what I've asked you to do? Not because you did what Pastor Chad did, not because you, you did what Pastor Bill did, not because you copied so-and-so and did what they did. Did you do what God called you to do? We all have a responsibility. This is not in our notes. I want to go to this, this, this passage of Scripture. Galatians. The powerful truth here. Galatians chapter 6. Let me read this real quick. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Spiritual people have the ministry of restoration. Did you hear that? That needs to be said. Spiritual people have the ministry of restoration. If you see somebody tearing people apart, they are not fulfilling a spiritual ministry. They are being used by the enemy. They have allied themselves with our arch enemy. Spiritual people, it needs to be said, spiritual people have a ministry of restoration. Let me read it again. Brethren, if you see someone who's overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. That's, this is a side note. has nothing to do with the blueprint. I just wanted to throw that verse in there. But the, the next verses do. Verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Verse 4, we're getting to where I really want to be. But let each one examine his own work. What's your kingdom work? What's your kingdom business? Examine it. Let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. I don't have to rejoice in what my wife did. I don't have to rejoice in what someone else said. I was obedient to what God called me to do. Amen? Examine yourself. Examine the work and make sure that you're fulfilling the role that God has called you to fulfill. For each one shall bear his own load. Each one shall bear his own load. Are you carrying your weight? God's called you to ministry. Are you fulfilling it? Are you carrying your load? 
How did they rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? Each man bore his own load. Look at this, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. I've read this uh, several times over the last uh, several weeks. Listen to this, it says, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Do you have a mind to work? Is your mind set on kingdom business? Do you have a mind to work? Do you have a mindset that's ready to build? If we were to go, and I'm not going to do it for the sake of time, but if we were to go and read, and I would encourage you to do this in your time this week, go and read chapter 3 of Nehemiah, verses 1 through 32. It shows us something. It shows us that almost everyone played a role in building the wall. All, how did they rebuild the wall in 52 days? All of the citizens of Jerusalem played a part. If you read through there, it shows that families would build the section of the wall that was closest to their house. Are you building your portion of the wall? Are you carrying your weight? Are you doing what God's called you to do? And, and if, you're, if you're having questions about where to build and what to do, start with what's close to home. Start with what's close to home. What matters to you? And what can you get your hands on? And how can you help to to get the work done? So practical steps. What what are some things that you can do? We've got a great vision. What are some things that we can do today to help move this vision forward? You want to get involved. You want to plug in. You want to find... I'm going to give you some... This is a very practical message today. I'm going to give you some very practical things. Next Sunday, we're going to pass out a survey. We're going to pass out a survey for you guys. Next Sunday, it'll be available. And, and it's going to give you an opportunity to check off some boxes and let us know about some areas where you might be interested in serving. We did this back when we were getting ready for the IMA conference, but we're going to do it as a church. And we're, we're going to begin to, to build out some of our ministries. We, we need help. Where do we need help? We need help in our sound and media booth. We need help. We actually, in the last two weeks, we've had two people that have stepped up and said they wanted to join that team. And I'm grateful for it. We need the help. Those guys work hard. Some of the guys back there are overworked. Some of, some of the guys are back there, they're here every Sunday, and they've been doing that for months on end. You know, Hilton, he worked double time during the pandemic. All the, all the live streams, all the videos, uploading the videos, editing the videos, getting things ready. Right? We, we need to get help back there to those guys. We need help in our sound and media booth. We need, we need help with hospitality. If, if, if you're, if you, you don't have to be good looking, but if you've got a nice smile. <laughs> if, if people like you and you're good with people, there was this gal that we used to know, she, she, she said, I've never met anybody who doesn't like me. She was slightly deceived. Yeah, but we, we do. We, we want people to feel welcomed in this place. I want people, when they come to the door, to be greeted well. I want them to be served when they're in our property. If there's ice or something, we want to make sure we're taking care of that. If it's raining, we'd love to meet them with an umbrella. We, we, we need to be hospitable to folks. We need to care for people. We need to minister to people. So hospitality, worship team. If someone's ever told you that you're a really great singer, you should try out. If they haven't, maybe not. 
If you can play an instrument and you're hiding back there in those padded chairs, it's time to come out. We need your service. Some of our musicians, some of our worship team leaders, my wife right now is having to, some of these guys are every single Sunday. You know what, they should be able to sit out with you guys a few times a month and worship and enjoy the presence of God and not have a workload on their shoulders on a Sunday morning. Amen. We need to build a team there. Children's ministry, we need teachers, we need all kinds of things. There's going to be more specific detail on that in this survey that's coming next, next weekend. Youth ministry, we need help there. I know that for sure they've told me we need uh, good, good male role models in our youth department. We need more male influence in our youth department. Okay? And by the way, we do some background checks. If you're working with kids and youth and that type of thing, we will do background checks. So just... That's for the safety of our, our kids. I know, I know we need help out of the Portland Outreach. I want to see a strong team built there. I do. I, I'd love, Ted, Ted and Pastor Bill are amazing, both of them, amazing at connecting with those folks that come to that ministry and showing love, care, and compassion to them. They're, 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 it's their heart. I, I would love to free both of those men to the point where they don't have to do anything but show up and hug necks and pray for people and preach and teach and share the word and encourage people, lead people to Jesus. And we have a whole team that supports that ministry. Closed closet. We can use help there. Every Monday, I don't know if you know, from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, we have a closed closet. It's down that back building, bottom level. And, and we open our doors and we have people come in. They've, they've been, I, I've heard of multiple salvations in a lot of those uh, Monday uh, meetings, those meeting, Monday opportunities, people being saved. It's not just giving out clothes. There, there's prayer ministry. There, we, we witness to those folks. We share the gospel with those folks. We minister to those folks. We try to help to meet needs that they have them. We, we need people that have a heart for that type of thing that would be willing to get involved and engage in that. Life groups. Life groups are forming. If, if you are interested in leading a life group, you missed our training in January, get, get with me. I can get you trained, and we can get you started. We, we had an amazing time yesterday with our men. And I encouraged them. I said, I, I want all of you to get your wife and go get involved in a life group. Right? And even if you're not going to lead a life group, getting involved in a life group will help us to grow and fulfill the vision. It will. I want everybody to get plugged in on a regular basis. We're gonna, we have some life groups that run continuously, like Bobby and Joe lead a life group on Thursday night for men. That's every Thursday night. But what we're doing, we're putting together life groups that are going to run on six-week increments. I want you to get involved in a life group as often as you can. Build strong relationships. Come alongside. There will be new believers that are coming into those life groups. Come alongside them. Help to encourage them in their faith. Help to give them resources that are going to mature them and grow them. Pray with them. Minister to them. You don't have to be the leader of the life group to help us grow in that area. Just show up and get involved. Bring some food along. Help, help the life group leader to, to you know, uh, offer hospitality. Prayer groups. And, 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 and I want to say, let, let me back up. Let me go back to closed closet. I, I do. I want to tip my hat to George and Kathy, their faithfulness to that. Amen. 
We're, we're blessed to have that ministry. We're blessed to have that ministry. I, I had a chance to talk to Kathy uh, the other day. I went down, she was sorting clothes and getting things set up and had a chance to spend maybe 20 minutes with her and just hear about what's going on. There, the, the majority, the bulk of people that are coming in are families from this area around our church that are in need. People are hurting. People are hurting today. We, we need to have our doors open. What we're doing on Monday, I, I hope we have something like that to help our community on a daily basis here. Right? But let me encourage you, we, we, and, and we've got to focus. As far as outreach, I'm committed to this right now. As, as far as outreach, we're going to focus on Portland and our clothes closet. There are a lot of other things. We're already, we, we've talked about things. We're, we're making plans for things, but we're not going to launch those until these two things are strong. Right. We, we've got to take steps that are ordered. You know, if, you're, if, you're building the, if you're looking at blueprints, you've got to know what to put together first. Right? We, we've got to build strong foundation. We've got to build strong structure. If you don't put enough screws and things before you move on to the next process, it's going to fall apart. Right? I'm committed to our clothes closet in Portland and seeing those ministries grow strong and robust. And then we'll move on and we'll do some more outreach and ministry. We'll expand. Amen? But the, the, these last two things, the life groups and our prayer groups. These, these things are really important. We, we, we're, we have focus on this coming into the year and we're going to continue to focus throughout this year to really focus there. We're, we're going to build a strong community, strong relationships through our life groups. And our prayer covering is vital. It is essential. If you, if you give me this list, the one not essential on this list is prayer. The, 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 the one most essential, I should say. The one, the one that we should not be able to do away with is prayer. We have to build a strong prayer culture and a strong prayer covering I, I already know the impact because of what we have started this year in our prayer initiatives. We've got three strong groups going, we've got another one coming, and it is making a difference in our ministry as a church. How are we going to accomplish, I gave you two points today, I'm, I'm done. How, how, are we gonna, how are we going to accomplish this vision? We're going to stay true to who God's called us to be, and we're all going to work together all of us need to have an attitude that says, hand me another brick. We're going to build this wall. You need me to mop, I'll mop. You need me to go pick someone up, I'm on the way. You need me to pray, I'll show up. You need me to disciple someone, I'm in. Doing what God's calling us to do. I believe that God is going to help us. If everyone gives, if everyone serves, there is no vision that is too big when we can trust the Lord. Amen? Hudson Taylor, he said, there is no, or, I'm sorry, he said, if, if, if God, this is what he said, he said, if, if God be your partner, then make your plans big. Amen? God's calling us to great things. God's calling us to take his gospel to those who have not heard, to be his hands and feet, to be salt and light. And we're going to fulfill the mission that God's calling us to do. Step by step, we're going to stay true to his plan. We're not going to try to do it our way. We're going to follow the plan of his word. Amen. Let, let's, let's stand together.
Jesus commanded us, go and make disciples of all nations. Preach the good news. Preach the good news. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Cast out devils. He's given us an assignment. Preach the good news. Preach the gospel. What is the gospel? We, we are sinners. I'm going to give you the gospel. We need to hear this today as we close. We are all sinners. The Bible says we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. The Bible says there's none of us that are good, not even one. Every human soul is lost without Jesus. If you have not given your life to Jesus, you need to hear this, you are lost. The Bible teaches, and I believe that God's word is authoritative. I believe that it is absolutely true. I believe it's inerrant. I believe that it is God-breathed, that God gave us his word so we could hear what he has to say to us. His word teaches us that there is an eternity, that those who are under Christ will spend an eternity with God. And those who are apart from Christ and have not received his salvation will be judged. The only, thing, the only way that we can escape, escape judgment is by looking to Jesus. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was born of a virgin, miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit, he lived on this earth for 33 years. Not once in that lifetime did he sin. He was the only man that didn't deserve death. He was the only man that didn't deserve judgment. Yet he took death, and he took judgment upon himself. He laid his life down as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father who created us. He didn't just die, but he was buried. And on the third day, the Bible says that he rose. And there were many witnesses of that. Amen. You can study history and find that there's truth to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he rose, the Bible teaches we can have a new life. Amen. That, my friends, is the gospel. And I want to ask this question, is there anybody in this room who has not yielded their life to Jesus Christ? Jesus said, you must be born again. How do we do that? We do that by believing in our heart and confessing in our, with our mouth, believing to the point where we completely surrender our life to Jesus and we confess that he is our Lord, he is our Savior. And I believe that when we do that, when we truly do that, that a miracle happens and we are born again. Born from above. Born of the Spirit. Born of heaven. And we have a new citizenship and our name is written in heaven and we have a promise of an eternal hope spent with a living God. Amen? That's the gospel. Is there anybody in this room that would say today, I want to give my life to Jesus?
the first time. I want to yield to Jesus and surrender my life to him. I want him to come and to save me and to forgive me my sins. Anybody in this room? Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, and I give you praise. I thank you for this house. I thank you for this people. But I thank you that you have given us a vision, that you are directing us. You are ordering our steps and directing our paths. You're leading us in your way, and we're grateful for that, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would empower us as a people, Lord God, to do the work that you have called us to do, Lord. I thank you for the promise of your spirit and the promise that we are not alone, Lord, that you go with us to do the work. Father, I thank you for the strength of your Holy Spirit that empowers us in the anointing to do your work. Father, I, I, I thank you. I thank you for all who serve us in this house. Why don't you do that? Why don't you thank God? Thank God for those who teach us in the Word. Thank you for those who lead us in worship. Thank you for those that that prepare for these services that we can come in and receive. Father, we are grateful for one another. We're grateful for those who minister to us and serve us. We don't take it for granted. Father, we give you honor today. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.